This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to a Chelsea Fancast special. It's summer, so it's always lovely to do things like this when we're afforded the time. And uh, I've got a very lovely special interview tonight uh, with a chap. I mean, I haven't really met him much, which is to my great shame. Uh, but I've known who he is for quite a while, and and uh, I, you know, it's like kind of you know, it's like we know each other on Twitter and that kind of thing. But uh, I'm delighted to say that he's uh, he's written. A fantastic book. His name is Jason Gibbons, and the book is called For Better or Worse, Life, Love and Supporting Chelsea in the 1990s. Now, uh, some of you may already be familiar with a little bit of this, because, of course, Jason, like my good self and many others, uh, contributed a piece to uh, Marco's Tales from the Shed, which uh, was sold in aid of the Chelsea Supporters Trust Big Sleepout. So you may have had a sneak preview of that. But the whole book is an absolute humdinger. And like me, if you if you loved the 1990s uh, at Chelsea, which is arguably perhaps one of the, I mean, whether we could say greatest now with what's gone on is moot, but I'd say one of the most interesting and bonkers decades in Chelsea's history. Then you're gonna you're gonna love this book, Jason. Uh, a very late but very heartfelt welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. Well, good evening and thank you, Chidge. It's an absolute honour to be here. Thank you very much for, for inviting me along. Um, it's uh, as I say, I'm a, I'm a fan of your work too, so it's it's lovely to to be on board. Well, it's very kind of you. We don't deserve it, but I'll take it anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, where do I start with this? I mean, it's it's it, there's so much we could talk about here. I mean, it, in a sense, I'm a bit kind of upset that we we didn't know about this when we were doing our 50 years of Chelsea series, which no doubt you would have listened to, because it would have been invaluable having you and your wonderful memory on here and that's what i would say actually about the book it's one of those books that i could never write (laughs) (laughs) not not just because i can't write but you know no because the the detail the memory and this is what i love about these books anybody who can write a book about chelsea and just recall moments that happened what now 40 odd years ago isn't it maybe a bit less but uh you know a long time ago jason if you ask me chidge 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 what happened uh, in the in the match against Watford? I, I would like freeze, and I go, oh, I can't remember. You know, that's like three days ago. So, how do you remember all this stuff? Well, there's a couple of stories there, I suppose. Um, firstly, um, you say sort of been on your your 50 years of Chelsea for the ramble through the 90s. I was sort of writing this around a similar time that you you were doing that, and um, and I actually know that I absolutely love that series, and I'd sort of listened all the way up to the end of the 80s and sort of at some point around a similar time when you were sort of going into the 90s I started work on this and actually stopped actually stopped listening to your 50 years apologies um because I once I sort of got into this and realized it was something that I probably was going to do I didn't sort of want to cloud my own sort of memories of the 90s because the book is it's, it's interspersed it's very much you know it's a ramble through Chelsea in that period um but some personal stories as well and personal memories of certain games 
So I had to sort of go offline on the 90s and wait for you to guys to catch up and go into the 2000s and then I came back on again. Um, and then once I'd finished and got the first draft, I went back and listened to the whole whole Chelsea in the 90s um, that you guys did um, and was really reassured that sort of most of my memories matched up. But I sort of avoided it just to not to influence my own my own memories, really, and my own writing of that period. Yeah, it's really, um, it, really smart. Also, I think yeah. really smart thing to do, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but it was you know I was really pleased when I did listen to it. But yeah, most of my memories sort of generally matched um, your, your your esteemed guests, which was really good. Um, but then in terms of memory, you know, it's it's not as good as you think it is, um, and it's not as good as I thought it was. You know, and a lot of research is the answer, really. You know, this this all started um, at the start of lockdown, um, and I found myself with. Uh, a good three to four hours spare every day when I wasn't sitting on a train commuting. Um, and then we all found ourselves with weekends entirely through a football. And um, and I needed something to fill my time. So, um, it, and, and it, I had no plans to do this, no plans at all. Um, and, but then at the start of lockdown, I sort of sorted out um, an office at home and I got all of my programmes out and fanzines out from over the years that have been stuck in various cupboards. Um, and you know, it's probably, I don't know, upwards of 400 programs or something shoved around the house. And I put them all out just in a, in a room and put them on some shelves. And I started flicking through them. And, um, and that was kind of when I sort of went from flicking through the programs, got to the 90s, and, uh, and just started putting a few words down on paper. Um, and then sort of when things you think you remember, you actually do a bit of fact checking, double checking, and, and you're totally wrong, you know, whether it's on dates or whether it's on who you're with on a certain game or whatever. So a lot of research, really, and um, a, a lot of double checking, and, it, and eventually it all comes back. But I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I'm writing about a period where we had things like uh, VHS season reviews um, that you could look at. And uh, so I dragged a, a, a old VHS recorder out of a cupboard and um, plugged that in and was delighted that it still worked and delighted that the tape still works. So that really, really helped. Um, YouTube, you know, good clips on YouTube and some of the great Chelsea accounts that are around there as well, which share clips. Uh, so a lot of googling, um, just to sort of refresh the memory, really. Yeah, absolutely right. And, and I mean, you know, you're doing you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, I know I, <laughs> I, I get I get the, uh, you know, even an idiot like me can uh, have his memory jogged by 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 looking at the wonderful Bounder Frydale. Uh But uh, it it it's the things that only, you know, you, you can only know if you were there. Yeah. You yeah. know, and and not necessarily just at the game in the pubs before i mean you 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 know we don't know each other very well but you kind of know what i'm about having listened to the fan cast and you know that's i'm much more i much prefer talking about what happened in the pub than i ever am yeah. talking about what happened on the pitch because that that makes up the whole kind of i don't know ethos of football in my in my brain and and the book's full of that i mean i'm not saying that it's wall to wall that in the book because actually i think you cover the matches in really good detail actually you know there's a great mix of the factual you know what happened factually but also what happened from a kind of a nuanced sense because because you know you've got your own view on that but all mixed up with this lovely rich tapestry that goes along it which is actually what we we enjoy about the day the traveling up there the jokes the friends and all that there's there's a lovely i mean actually do you know what i think i might have tagged this in fact i think i probably tagged it and then forgot to so <laughs> for, forgive me if i've been a dick and, and i'm, That's I'm right. I, I i did actually I did actually uh, forget to do it, but you, there is a there is a there's a bit in the book that really that really caught my attention because you kind of said, actually, do you know what? I think I do have it. You know, I'm, I'm lying to myself. Yeah, Here we go. There we go. Here we go. This is it. This is the point. This is exactly the point. This is in chapter two when you're talking about the FA Cup third round. Yes. You said, yeah. as any true football fan will tell you, the least important thing about the football is the actual football. It's about the friendship, the beer, the laughs, the one-liners and the opportunities to visit new places. I mean, why else would I ever visit the likes of Preston, Oldham, Hull and Barnsley if not for the Chelsea? Well, quite. But Absolutely. that is the point, isn't it? That's what yeah, it we're is. always talking about, what you get across in the book wonderfully, I think. Thank you. And, um, and, and it is that, you know, and, and you, every, every football fan and every Chelsea fan, you go, you go through different eras, you know, and I started going sort of 1980 was my first game with my dad, you know, and you, and you, and you go through that process, you go with your dad and you hang on his every word. Um, and so, so 1990 was the, was the start effectively of me going it alone. And, and that worked really nicely for the book. So 1990 was sort of the period where I started going down to Chelsea on my own with my best mate, um, with a guy called Scott. Um, 
and we'd jump on the train and we were 16 and we'd be traveling down from Northamptonshire and going to the games on our own. And that was the start of a decade and, and a new a new era opened for us, you know, in terms of doing football on your own, you know, and going to the games, not under the watchful eye of, of a parent, not that my dad would necessarily um, be any more uh, sensible than I would be at Chelsea, but uh, but just that opportunity to suddenly then go it alone and, and, and you know, doing it with a mate and a, and a whole new, you know, chapter opened in terms of following Chelsea. And it became, you know, um, I was a very young looking 16 year old, so I wasn't immediately in the pubs. But as soon as I was doing that, you know, you're in the pubs and you meet and then you're meeting new mates. And as you know, you meet new people at the game. And, you know, I've met friends for life at Chelsea that I would not otherwise have met just by being in a pub with them or whatever, or just start the conversation outside the match day about, about Chelsea. And, and the whole book really is, is about that. That all brings it, brings it, brings it, comes into it in terms of the various friendships you make along the way and the relationships you have. Um, and, you know, and the, and the common thread is, is, is Chelsea, but to a large part, you know, the Chelsea bit is actually irrelevant. You know, yeah. it's um, not much more than that. I mean, it's funny enough, because I, 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 I don't know if you've heard it yet, but the last show we did, on on monday i i kind of talked about that idea that that actually you know chelsea is merely a backdrop mm. to what we we all love and what we all do and why we all go you know and it's and i think a lot of people think that's it's the other way around chelsea is 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 at the forefront but it's not actually it's just yeah. it's just the backdrop yeah you yeah know. absolutely 100 percent agree you know i think we, we, we it's just good fortune that we're chelsea oh, you know? well, always, always 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 imagine not being chelsea <laughs> imagine not being chelsea but if you uh you know every every football fan has their team and they're but their stories are very similar the stories yeah. are much absolutely. the same you absolutely. know in, in the piece for um tales from the shed that, that, that marco did um uh, you know recently you know there's a line I used in there about when we went to Moscow and uh and we met a lovely bunch of United fans and, and usually you know but we just got drinking with a really nice little small group of United fans and there's a line in the book I said there about at the end of the day they're just like us they just walk a bit different um but they were exactly the same bunch Fa- of lads, fashion bunch sense of fashion sense is worse as fashion well. sense as well yeah there's that as well and uh and they support an obviously awful football team <laughs> um but uh but you know but the, the, my feeling was that the they were just a group of mates who, who did exactly the same as us, exactly the same lives, exactly the same stories as they just followed a different football team. So, yeah. you know, you're right. You, you know, Chelsea is, is is the backdrop to the story. It's not it's not the story. Yeah, I've often 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 thought that, but there's so much hatred, isn't there, between you know rival supporters and clubs? And I I don't have a massive problem with that because it's kind of what football's always been about. But I do think there's another side of that which is basically really stupid. Because we're not, we're not, you know, eat, you know, the the rival supporters should aren't really the enemy, you know. It, oh, yeah. It's basically the world should be divided into people who get football and people yeah. who don't get football. And I think once you, you know, you get away from the sort of the, the hostility of the ground, sometimes I suppose you do, don't you? You know, I mean, I I was laughing on uh, Sunday, you know, like like everyone in the ground on Sunday. I didn't watch the second half. I was looking at my phone, (laughs) seeing how how Liverpool and City were getting on, and seeing how Leeds were getting on, and you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, come on, you know, sort of, I I would have, I would have been more than happy, and and it it turned out that way. More than happy for Leeds to stay up as long as Liverpool didn't win the league, and that was my kind of like my trade off on the day. Um, but I'm seeing it sitting there and thinking, oh, it looks like Leeds are going to stay up. But I've got a ridiculous number of Leeds mates going back over the years. Just just one club where I've just managed to attract them as, as mates. And, um, you know, and away from the actual game, you know, we, we get on famously and we yeah. have really good laugh, and we have really good banter. And, and we all see it through the same eyes, mm. you know. And um, But then you get to the game, you know, and, and they hate us and we hate yeah. them. Um, and there's a, there's a story in the book about Leeds where um, in '90. Uh, 90- I mean, it wasn't, you know, uh, my mate's got, you know, got a, got a, got a slap at Leeds, you know, and uh, um, my one, my one wheel flirt with football violence in the 90s. And uh, it was entirely our own fault. We were sitting in the Leeds end, but that's, that's the story in the book. You'll have to buy it to find out why. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but we, you know, and, and he, he got a good proper slap as we came out and uh, we went around the corner to, to see, um, you know, we'd driven up with our mates and the Leeds mates and then went around the corner to meet them afterwards and they, they just roared with laughter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, they roared with laughter and we didn't particularly find it very funny, obviously. Um, but as soon as we, you know, 10 miles down the motorway, they suddenly they were like, are you all right, mate? Are you okay? <laughs> you know, suddenly we're mates again. It wasn't Chelsea Leeds, you know, you were just mates. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a strange thing, but there's so much truth to that. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I, I'm just, I want to talk to you about the title, but before we do that, you kind of got into it because you mentioned that you know, basically, you know, the book starts in 1990 and finishes with the with the 99 season, and 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 you mentioned 
I love this. This tickled me actually. Phases one to three. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to explain uh, what phases one to three are? So, You've kind of alluded to it. Yeah. So phase one is 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 the starting point. So that's you know going with my dad, and um, I'm very lucky. You know, my dad was a big Chelsea fan, um, and sort of he didn't have any choice. So I was brought up. Uh, first game, New Year's Day, 1980. Um, but, you know, from, from mid, as, as soon as I was old enough to know, you know, I was Chelsea and, and that was it. I had no choice. So obviously, uh, I've missed all the glory days. I've missed 70, 71. You know, I wasn't even born in time for a League Cup final defeat against Stoke. You know, my, my upbringing was following the results and keeping up to track with Chelsea, you know, when we were flirting with the bottom of the second division, sorry, bottom of the first division, into the second division, bottom of the second division, all that sort of era. And uh, but then from 80 onwards, you know, go with dad a few times a season um, and the, the, the passion was immediately there. So that was phase one. Go with your dad. Then you get to an age where phase two kicks in and you start going it alone with your mates. And this is effectively the story of my phase two. Um, and then, sort of, you know, phase three, sort of getting into the, uh, the 2000s um, when things like uh, mortgages and marriage and kids start to come along and it gets a bit tricky, you know, and you can't quite spend you can't quite justify every weekend disappearing for 12, 13, 14 hours, you know, and your kids get to an age where they also have no choice about, uh, about going into football. Um, so you start taking them, you know, and then you take your kids and that's phase three. Um, and that's been very joyous for me. That's been my, my story for the last, uh, what are we? Uh, 13, 14 years, I suppose, since I first started going. Um, and, that, and that's been uh, equally joyous in its own way, different, different day out different vibe um but it's great to do it with the kids and they've grown up and they are now at the point where they're going to start going into their own phase two um and poor old muggins here is going to be left on his tod and he's hoping to go to phase four where i'm sitting like a grumpy old man perhaps in the shed upper or matthew harding upper with a couple of my old mates from the 90s by my side is yeah. my desire and my hope yeah i, I get that like, to be honest jason it is the law that phase four has to be carried out in the matthew upper <laughs> i've looked at it for years geez. i love sitting up there actually I, I enjoy when i do sit up there you know normally it's been looking from a family enclosure but cup games especially we move around the ground a little bit when you when you can get the uh 30 quid tickets and cheap kid tickets everywhere so and i love the mafiard in it but um but yeah I'm, I've, I've got a bit of a passion for the shed upper as well so i'm a bit yeah. torn between the two no, but no it's good good um... i like the shed upper but the matthew harding upper is full of grumpy old men tony, tony and i because because of course it's a bit sparse at the moment with the with the sanctions yeah. you know uh i can't remember which match it was a leicester match and uh last week and tony was waving at me and and I was ignoring him. So he texted me to say, "Cheers, cheers! I got a space next to me. Come down and come down at half time." So Tony and I sat together, which is lovely, isn't it? Because I, I normally yeah, sit, yeah. you know, I don't sit next to any mates per se. Yeah. And we just, I mean, we were like Waldorf and Statler from the yeah. Muppets, just like moaning and moaning and moaning. And but it's lovely. It's lovely to do that. It, it is lovely, and I don't think it matters what age you are, you know, as well. And again, sort of back in the book, you know, start of the nineties, I can remember vividly you know most weeks in fact you know just leaning back on the benches and just watching planes flying over because the football was so shit <laughs> you're just sitting there leaning back on the benches watching planes fly over looking underground and just chat just carrying on the pub talk and chatting to your mates and having a laugh oh, you know yeah. so uh, yeah yeah i mean yeah. tony and i've often said i mean we're, we sit in the pub before and and sometimes you think, oh, God, we should just we should just stay here. We're having so much fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and somebody, I think somebody said to me on on Sunday, they said, Chidge, you don't really like football. What you like are pubs and drinking, really, isn't it? That's why that's why you come in. I thought, well, maybe that's true actually. But there you go. Um, listen, I want to talk to you. I think about... It is true. You, it's the day out, isn't it? You, you, that, that's yeah. what it is. It isn't about the football. You know, I, I very rarely have ever been to a game of football on my own because I find it incredibly boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a very good point. That um, I, I hadn't, you know, because I, I didn't go much. Oh, well, it's not about me, but I'll tell you another time. But I, I get what you're saying entirely. Listen, I must talk to you about the title because yeah, it's 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 such a brilliant, brilliant title. Uh, you know, for better <laughs> or worse, because football. I mean, I think the book actually parallel. It's 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 what there's a wonderful dual theme running through the book anyway which is football and life you know and it follows your life from the age of 16 to 26 pretty much and we'll get oh. on to the to the key bit of that a little bit later but there's a lovely parallel story there but the whole the whole idea of the book is a parallel story because football you know is a marriage isn't it we we have to stay 
with our bloody football club, no matter what they do to us, and how much, no matter how much they disappoint us. You know, we we never really you know leave them. I mean, we I, I, I dare I I don't think we even get to have any affairs really. I mean, we wouldn't have an affair with another team. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, so so the title for better or worse, as as much of the book came to me, sort of lying in bed one night, you know, just lying there thinking about. Um, structure of the book and uh, and what this chapter was going to say and what that chapter was going to say. Um, and yeah, so the better or worse sums up Chelsea in the 90s to me because it was a, it, it was a period where we were utter, utter tosh. Um, and then it suddenly got a bit good and then it got very good. And so throughout that entire um, 90s period, it was the better or worse following Chelsea. Um, but the, the, the subplot to which you allude um, is feeding through the book um, is the 97 Cup run. Um, at the start of which, uh, in uh, sort of New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, ninety six, ninety seven, uh, my my girlfriend said, "When are you going to marry me?" And I said, "We'll marry you when Chelsea win the cup, uh, sweetheart." So, um, so the ninety seven cup run follows uh, that path, and my pledge to propose or potentially propose should Chelsea indeed win the cup. So, for better or worse, in the uh, in the marriage sense as well, is yeah. uh, and, the t- and the two link nicely. Um, so it was a bit of a light bulb moment when I sort of lined Ben for ah got the title fantastic, and it was really good actually because because I'd sort of I was quite away into the book at that point and I was working on a on another title I got another working title for it, but just suddenly getting that as well really aided the story and it sort of really it really cemented my thinking and right right okay bang bang bang, um, and it all started to really come together quite nicely. So well, it, it certainly it's very apt. Um, you know, I mean, for for context for people who might not have missed the nuance of the point. You know, Jason uh, cheekily said to his uh, girlfriend at the time that he would marry her if Chelsea won the cup in full knowledge that Chelsea hadn't actually won the cup for 26 years at that point. <laughs> and the likelihood of winning it was, well, shall we say, the, the, odds, the, odds, were, the odds were stacked in his favour, shall we say, for, for an easy exit. But uh, I, won't, I won't say any more because that, that would ruin the book. But yeah. for those that didn't know that, they, they need to know that. Um, you know, I mean, talking of the parallel strands, that it's a clever book, Jason, I have to say, because it's full Thank of, I, I mean, when I used to make programs, I used to try and do this a lot, have lots of little parallel themes running through it. Uh, and, and what I, I was so impressed with, actually, do you know what, in, in a, it, the first thing I thought when I started reading it was, oh, this is very televisual, actually, because the way that you, I mean, obviously, you know, it's about the 90s, the decade of the 90s, and you, you go through each season you know, season by season, but not, uh, I mean, obviously in chronological order, but in between each season, you have the, the each round of that FA Cup run. So yeah. it's that classic kind of jumping in time moment, which we see a lot in television. And I thought that's really, do you know what? The only, the last time I've seen that in a book, I mean, I don't read many to be fair. So I mean, I only really, only really read my mate's Chelsea books, to be honest, but it was, it was David Peace's, uh, you know, Dirt, The Damned United, which was a book yes, on Clough's, yeah, Clough's leads. Yeah, he yeah, did that brilliant. a lot, didn't he? Skipped yeah, around in time, yeah. which was annoyed a lot of people, actually. But I, I really yeah. liked it, probably because it was quite televisual. That's a great idea, though, I have to say. Well done. Yeah, and again, it was one of those moments where, and if anyone from Netflix has listened to this, she's absolutely right. It's I television. get 10%, by the way. <laughs> you get 10%, Mark. <laughs> I have to test Mark Wallsby as well for Gate 17, <laughs> so I'll be left with nothing. Um, but, uh, yeah, and again, it was one of those, it started off, to, to be totally honest, you know, I, I just didn't, as I say, lockdown, sitting here, not not much to do at weekends, bored on a Saturday, done enough gardening, and just started penning a few words on a couple of the seasons and um, didn't really think it was going to necessarily go anywhere. And then I had those couple of light bulb moments, the title, and then I think that came first, actually, the title. And then it was like, why don't I intersperse the, the, the cup run? It was going to be the story of the season, you know, each, each individual season, and then 96, 97, with the cup one was obviously going to be a bit of a bumper chapter. And I thought, no, why don't I pull that out and just put that cup one in? Um, and, and it, you know, by either luck or judgment, it, it really worked. And what's really, what, again, this is definitely luck. And when I actually put it down on paper, you, you go like you go, you go from 1991 in the first chapter to the first game in the cup run in 97 against West Brom. And then you're 91, 92, and then you have a Liverpool game in the fourth round. And it goes like that. But the timelines coincide 
where the 96-97 season leads into the 97 yeah. Cup final. And it was that, suddenly realised that worked. I was like, oh, it works, my word. And then from 97-98, you then go to Stockholm as well. So there's an extra chapter on Stockholm just to take the, you know, the whole season, the whole decade through. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and the timeline does jump around a bit. And from a writing perspective, it's the first book I've ever written. Obviously, I'm, I'm a journalist, so I've got a bit of writing background but in a very different very different area you know I'm, I'm a news journalist and so i've never ever sat down and written a book of any form um and then it was just sort of you know just checking and checking again that the timelines did fit you're not giving away characters before they appear in the cut run chapters and all that sort of stuff so um really enjoyed it really really enjoyed it and it's lovely of you to say that because no, that's, that's very kind first thing that struck me actually you know uh the first page you read is the contents obviously oh hello that's interesting oh. Uh, and then when you read it, it really makes sense. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's a beautiful bit of serendipity that, you know, that, that kind of intercut timeline absolutely coalesces, you know, 96-97 and the cut final. I mean, it's mm. it works so, so well. Um, I mean, let's talk a little bit about, about you know, you know the football, really. Good grief. Who, thought, who would have thought we'd talk about football? Um, I, mean, it, I mean, you could have called it for worse or better, really, couldn't you? Because, I mean, you know... It's, I mean, it's such a. I, I don't know how, how. Well, I do know how you feel about it. I just read it in the book, but uh, you know the listeners won't. It was such a weird time, the early yeah. early nineties. I I always feel really conflicted about it. I mean, I read your, your, your what you said about the uh, you know the eighty nine. Is it eighty nine ninety season? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, because first season back up. Yeah, because we came fifth that season. Yeah, and, and you were like quite meh about it, and actually mm. I can understand why you were. You know, I I was I was quite the opposite. I think I must have been so drunk then when I used to go. There. <laughs> I mean, like you know, one of my favourite seasons is actually that that Division Two season. You know, yeah. when we got accidentally relegated by uh, yeah. by Middlesbrough, yeah. which yeah. really was just. I mean, you know, for anybody who doesn't understand quite what this felt like, you know, we we had a really good team. We had Pat Nevin for fuck's sake, uh-huh. Kerry Dixon in his prime, uh, and we managed to literally get relegated by accident we, we suddenly yeah. went into free fall a bit like Leeds have done this yeah. season actually yeah. Yeah. but the worst thing was um we we wouldn't have got relegated had they not decided to introduce for that year only i hasten to just, add playoffs yeah. just imagine not being chelsea you know exactly. only chelsea could get relegated when four go down you yeah. know um and go down in in the fourth spot and go into playoffs yeah. and um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. You know, we, we did. We got we got relegated in error that year. You know, it was far too good a team to to go down. Um, and um, there was a game at Oxford, wasn't there? I think when we were three up and we drew three all or something. And that was the point where you suddenly thought, oh Christ, you know, we, we, we're going to do a Chelsea here. Um, but then the following season, that second division season, which obviously we ended up winning at a canter, um, really enjoyed that season. Some great away days that year. Um, and uh, you know, and we we won it in that second season. But yeah, I was a bit mad about 80, 89, 90. You're right, and. Because I think just the, the one part of that season that really stands out to me, you know, obviously, and I don't think I mentioned it anywhere in the book, but we won the um, Zenith Fate or whatever it was called at that point. Um, and but I, but that was by that point, you know, it didn't compare to to winning it when we beat Man City five four in that game at Wembley, you know, in the eighties. So, um, but the only things that stood out for me in that that season was uh, the, the, the sort of those torrid defeats at home we went on that run around sort of I don't know November December time where we lost five to at home to, to Liverpool and then five to at home to Wimbledon and I think we lost four to at QPR in between and 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 that is just all that really stood out for me in that season and you know there's a bit of early promise and in typical Chelsea way in that era it all just fell away yeah but you look at it and you think fifth because then you look at the, the seasons that followed you know, 1991, 90, and we, I think we were like 11th, 14th, oh, yeah. 11th, 14th, 11th. Yeah, it, was, it was mediocrity so, after yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm far more on board with how bummed we all were in the in the early 90s, when we just seemed to be a club with no idea and no ambition. I mean, I know we mm. were spending a lot of money on YZ and Towns, and we had some decent players. But we, you know, in, in amongst that, Robert Fleck turns up and it was absolutely awful. <laughs> you know, we were man- managed, Bobby Campbell had gone. We had Ian Porterfield, who was basically not very good. And we just, we, we just, having having had the kind of the weird up and down roller coaster ride of the 80s, I think, to suddenly be 
mediocre with mm. no idea where we were going mm. it it did bum everybody out really didn't it we I just think it did really and I, I think that um the difference to me between 89 and 90 and 1991 obviously 1991 started the wise and Townsend, you know and you're off the back of the world cup and um and that felt like we were really going to do something you know and we got off to a reasonable start um, after we thought we won the first game i think we lost the next two probably um but you know there was a real anticipation and excitement for that season and it sort of just drifted out but you're right that early 90s period i always think that and, and people will disagree with me and people have disagreed with me in this because it, it was a move that had to be made i think you know i wasn't really there in the sort of 81, 82, 83 era. I was going to the odd game, mostly away in the Midland for my dad. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't really there, you know, and I was only a kid. And those periods in like 82, 83, whatever, when we didn't score after whatever, what, whatever we famously didn't do, didn't score at home after November or something stupid. I can't remember what the stat is. Something like 19 but, you know, games, I think. Yeah, you were the most ridiculous, you know, Pierce says it was as bad as it ever got. You know, but for me, sort of, I think 92, 93 was, was as bad as, mm. as it almost got, you know, as a, as a, as a grown-up who was going into football. And, you know, I hated that season. I absolutely hated 92, 93. And it was, it was just it continually downward spiral from 1991. 92, 91, 92 wasn't a lot better or was even worse, perhaps. And then 92, 93. And I can remember, you know, when Portfield went and Webb came in mm. and, and, and bless Webb, you know, and, and this is where people disagree with me, I think, you know, because Webb came in. And he did what he was brought in to do. Kept he us said, up. He stayed in the ship. He kept us up, you know. But I just remember that point in time, the football being so yeah. bloody awful. Functional. You know, yeah. And just like, oh, my God, this is dull. You know, and the game always stood out for me. And it sounds bizarre. We beat Boa 4 at home, I think, with four second half goals. But the first half of that game, I just remember. I don't think I've ever felt as, as sort of, uninterested in all my years of watching Chelsea. I was like, this is just awful. And this is only going one way. And, you know, Webb has done what he came in to do and is going to keep us up. But something serious has got to happen because if we stay up this year, we probably won't next, you yeah. know, and it's going to go down and down and down again. And and it all coincided that period of time with the uncertainty over the ground still. So there was all that sort of, you know, going well, that's, on that's, and that Jason, anxiety. that's a good point, you know, because, you know, I think it's, and it's also very pertinent to today you know right you know currently mm. what's going on at Chelsea people forget that that through a lot of the 90s even I mean but I think particularly in a period when we weren't playing well which is the early 90s I mean obviously it all changes in a, in a year or two but this is all set against the backdrop of, of not knowing whether we'll have a club or not you know the mm. whole the whole you know ding dong between Bates and Marla and uh, and Cabra and all of that's going on and there was real mm. jeopardy there you know it I mean, obviously, you weren't thinking about it all the time, but it was always in the background, a bit like the mm. sanctions have been this season. Mm. And we, we were talking about it on Monday, saying, you know, we feel really disappointed with this season. You look at it on paper, yeah. and you're thinking, oh, man, that's a pretty good season. But it doesn't yeah. feel like that. And, I, and I'm sure it's because of the backdrop with the sanctions. Yeah. Again, bummed everybody out. And I think it was the same back in the, 90, in the early 90s, certainly, with what was going on with the, with the ownership of the ground and stuff. Yeah, that's right. I mean, my, my memories of sort of, you know, the battle to save the bridge and that was that it was one of those things that you never, you never really, really thought was going to happen. Yeah. But you always knew that just like that, yeah. it could, yeah. you know, it could. Suddenly, it, the threat was always there. We had extensions and, we'd survive, you know, we'd been there longer than we were meant to be. And, you know, Bates was kept doing the legal stuff in the background and fighting the cause and, you know, and and like you said, you, you never really felt it was it was going to happen, but you knew that actually you could wake up tomorrow, and it did. And suddenly, next season, very quickly, you know, we could be playing at Palace or QPR or Fulham or wherever, you know. And um, and that, yeah, and that and that that was Chelsea in the early nineties. You know, it wasn't wasn't, wasn't particularly fun. No, <laughs> I mean in a footballing it, sense, it was all about all a bit mare is the way to sum it up. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it all changes. You know, Hoddle comes in, and I mean, you know. This is this is, I think, what people really remember about the nineties. Um, I mean, I, I would split that into into two camps, really, which is, you know, finally trophies, obviously in in ninety seven and ninety eight, but uh, cup runs, great cup runs. I mean, we got to the final of the FA Cup in ninety four. We went to the semi final of the Cup Winners' Cup the next year. So, so on one side, I think you've got you know tangible success for the first time in a generation. I mean, I have mates who are a bit older than me who uh, used to, they told me years ago. I, I found this out, but 
they were all at the cup final in 1970 a few of them were at athens as well right. and they there was a a kind of a bbc uh, uh lp long playing record of <laughs> of the commentary of the 1970 oh. cup final and they used to gather on the on the on the date that we won it every year Brilliant. and just sit around getting drunk and listening listening to it you know and they did that for 26 years jason oh super until we won it again you know so we hadn't had any tangible success so we get all these trophies but actually i think it's all i think the 90s should also be remembered as really where the revolution in chelsea football club as we know it now started you know hoddle comes in hullet comes in viali di matteo zola of course uh leberf decide all of these I mean, I, 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 I'd love to hear what you think, obviously, but I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was pinching myself when this was all happening. Even when Hoddle yeah. turned up, I was pinching yeah. myself. Yeah, I, I, you know, like, likewise, I think, I think we all were, you know, and, and we always say, you know, Hoddle was the, the turning point, you know, in attitude, first and foremost, in attitude and professionalism. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a quote that is in the book somewhere from, from Lasseau, you know, who, who disappeared um after checking his shirt down and uh and went away and obviously came back later in the decade um and there's there's a bit in the book about you know quote from him about how the attitude had changed and just the whole feel about the place had obviously changed he obviously came back a bit later when when we'd actually won something and that obviously helps but um but Hoddle brought in the the professionalism didn't he you know he changed the attitude around the place but I think you know those those first couple of seasons under Hoddle you know 93 94 the cup then and this was you're talking about how you remember things and, and how your memories are clouded by certain things you know I didn't realize that actually in 93 94 and 94 95 how close we actually were flirting with the relegation in both seasons yeah. I knew 93 94 you know we had the turnaround I went to Southampton on the boxing day when we we got done 3-1 um and we beat Newcastle the very next day and that, and that was the turning point in in Hoddle's first season and that win against Newcastle the next day at Stamford Bridge sort of kick-started a bit of a run um, and took us into the cup run, and we obviously got to the final in '94. But but even even then, you know, the league form was still sort of very hit and miss, and um, we were sort of flirting with the relegation places for, for quite deep into that season. And then '94, '95, um, when we you know, which is always remembered and will always be remembered for the European Cup, cup Winners' Cup run, um, which was just glorious and things we thought we'd never see. You know, again, you know, the, the actual league campaign was, was pretty poor and it was quite deep into the season where we were sort of still hovering around the bottom six, seven places where a couple of a couple of defeats on, you know, back to back could have dragged us right into trouble. And I've forgotten that, particularly in 94, 95. I've forgotten that, you know, but, <laughs> but we still have a lot of work to do, you know, so, yeah. Cheech, JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on tv oh chich i'd be bereft inconsolable the thought of missing my beloved blue boys life (laughs) it's all too much (laughs) i know jk i know it's all a bit too much isn't it yes (laughs) well panic not nordvpn have come to the rescue they have Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jij? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real 
fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com I mean, you know, it, 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 it's classic, classic Chelsea. Twas ever thus. We 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 had this incredible, I and mean, we've always had this incredible ability to to turn up uh, for the big matches and do really really well. I mean, I mean, there's a match you allude to early on, and I, I think it was ninety one, but uh, we beat Liverpool four two, didn't we? Mm. Pretty much last home game of the season, which denied them the title. Yeah, uh, gave it to Arsenal, chaps. Though. Not, not, not that. I mean, I remember that very well because I was. I mean, what you don't know probably is that I was living in Lots Road, uh, right. in the late eighties and the early nineties, and uh, in fact, actually, bizarrely, you know, talk about you know, talk, we talk about parallels through the through the plots of the book. Uh, we could do a sliding doors moment here because, yeah. Yeah. you know, I was living in Lots Road, five minutes away from the ground. I mean, you couldn't be better, and I'm a lazy sod, so you know that that was very appropriate <laughs> for me. But in 1992, I got to meet my future wife, who lived in Winchester. Mm. And by 1993, I was married. So I basically then decamped back down to Winchester. And because I'm a lazy sod, Jason, I couldn't be asked to go. Why would I get on a train an hour and a half go to watch, you know, Chelsea? You know, I'm sorry, people. I'm just not as not as hardcore as all of you lot. But you know, so I I kind of there. I was. Oh, I've, done, I, I've done that bit since. Yeah. I, well, that. I, but it, that's the thing. But that's that's yeah. also life the, changes. Exactly. Life changes. That's the circle yeah. of life. That's what happens. Yeah. So I I felt like a like a like a kind of an, an absentee. You know, for mm. like all of this. I mean, fucking hell, Jason. I'm I'm there for all the shit during the eighties. <laughs> I bugger off in ninety three, and um, I, I miss the entire brilliance of the, of the mid to late nineties of Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, I, I come was, back in two thousand. It, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. You you missed a good one. I did. Um, but you know that that Liverpool game you just referred to the four two. Yeah, again, you know only Chelsea. Yeah, you know, that was the week after the very week after we got done seven 0 at Forest. Exactly. You know, and we I went up to the Forest game. We we stood there and you know, on the terracing and always always look on the bright side and you know, and we were we were truly, 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 truly awful that day. How it was only seven. I can remember that day sort of everybody sort of trying to working out that our record defeat was eight one and kind of you know half willing forest on to get eight nil. So at least we had the consolation of it being a record defeat and being there in person. And then the following week we're playing the, you know, one of the two teams that are in the hunt for the title. You turn up expecting to get absolutely tonked again and we turn them over four two. You know, and it's just just so Chelsea, just so beautiful. What's not to like about this club? Very, very true. I mean, what I think the other thing that stands out about the the nineties, and I, I, you know, again, the, I remember this from from when we did the fifty years, is that you, you know, so many people's favourite matches, or, or you know, if you ask people, what's your top ten favourite Chelsea matches? So many of them come from this decade. Uh, I mean, I think you know. Liverpool in, in in the cup in ninety seven yeah. has got to go down as one of the all time yeah. great Chelsea matches. Most most yeah. people of our generation would say that. Um the Wimbledon semi might yeah. not get in the top ten, but you know, it's iconic in its way for Zola, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh and then you've got some of the European and the cup final, obviously. I mean it goes without saying that yeah. that's that's a that's a top match. But some of the European matches, like the Bruges one or the Bruges, both of the Bruges matches and the rapid Vienna for Spenny's goal. Yeah. And then of course, you know, Stockholm as well, which is is, is just one of the greatest Chelsea games yeah. ever, I think. So yeah. we're blessed, I think, with all these great matches and also at the same time, all these great players. I mean it, it's it's a, it, it's I think it's a unique decade in Chelsea's history, I really do. I, I think what where it was it sounds I don't know, but where it's particularly good for me, I, I sort of I I matured and grew with Chelsea in the 90s. And, and again, that's something, that's something I realised in the book. You know, the start of the decade, I was sort of doing my A-levels and just coming out of them. And then, and with my friends, my mate Scott and Stewie and Anton and others we met along the way and Gary and Paul and, you know, and all these other people we met and, and sort of went to the football with, you know, you sort of went from being, yeah, start of the decade, uh, 16, going 17, and just just growing through the decade with Chelsea and, and it coincided quite nicely with, with my life, you know, in that sense. And all the good times came as I was getting more and more confident and drinking more and, you know, <laughs> enjoying life more. And it was it was just a golden period, absolute golden period for me um, at, at that time, you know, and absolutely in the prime of, of my youth and really loved every second of it. And in those games, they are iconic, you know, and I'd love to I'd just love a time machine and so I could go back, you know, and be on the benches against Bruges that night, you know, when we turned it around in the Cup, just to, just in hindsight now, was the atmosphere really that good? 
or, or have, have we I overbuilt it a bit over the years but it was it was brilliant I mean it was crackling from the moment you stepped on the Fulham Road that night you know I remember we were outside as the Bruges coaches pulled up um, and because of what had gone in got on in gone on in Bruges you know which I was there to see um, they got a really you know the, the atmosphere was so hostile outside the ground they got a proper welcome you know as a proper Chelsea welcome as they arrived and it, and it just carried into the ground but I'd love a time machine to go back and think, was it was it as as electric as, as I remember? I think it was. I think it was. And you know, the other two, the other two or three that really stand out in terms of atmosphere, Liverpool, obviously, you know, and it is, it's 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 my, my, you ask me my top five, I'd change it every week, you know, in terms of what goes top. But um, but that is that is always there, you know, that is always there. But you know, what Half time was flat, just totally, totally flat. But the scouts, the Liverpool fans were in the East Lower and they were singing away and they were going to Wembley, they were two up, they should have been five up, you know. And but then we know what happened, you know. But but something happened immediately at the start of the second half, you know. Hughes obviously got, got that first goal back and, and that was it. And someone turned a switch and the bridge that day, we were in the Matthew Harding Lower that day. And but I just the West End that day was just like nothing else. I just remember it just li- literally bouncing for the whole second half. And um and and uh, yeah, I mean it was it was utterly, utterly brilliant. But again, you know, I'd love to time machine to see how crap was it in the first half compared to the second half and all that sort of stuff. But it was a brilliant night. Just in, in and it got dark at the right time and the lights were on and you know and everything was absolutely perfect about it. And 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 when we knew something special was happening at that point in that season. You know, at halftime, it was another broken promise from Chelsea. You know, we've got that great team. We've got Hughes, we've got Hullet, you know, and it was another um, it's sort of an, another broken promise. We've got Viali and, you know, and it was just, it's like, you know, two nil down, fourth round, we go out again. And our season was effectively over at that point, actually. You know, I can't remember what we had in the league at that year. I think, yeah, I think we've gone out in the league pretty early that season. I can't remember. Um, oh, no, yeah, we head, did. It was but, Bolton, wasn't it? Oh, it was Bolton. Of course yeah, it was. Because, it was Bolton. You know, Matthew, Matthew Hardy. Yeah. It was Bolton. Of course it was. Um, you know, and yeah, so, you know, Matthew Harding aside, God bless him, you know, that was Chelsea again going out of the cup competition to lower league opposition, yeah. you know, and you'd done that in the season. And then you'd obviously got all the emotion of Harding and that was building into it at that point in the season as well in that second half against Liverpool. And yeah, you just, you just, just it was a switch flicked and you knew something special was happening. But the alternative was that our season was over in January again, despite my superstar. Mm-hmm. And for men, bosh. You know, and I think that actually talk about sliding door moments, you know, that is undoubtedly one in the club's history. You know, Liverpool come out and, you know, win 3 0, 3 1, whatever. You know, season ends there and then who knows what happens. You know, we will never know, will we, thankfully? Um, but a definite sliding door moment in the club's history. Yeah. Where everything changed. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and your description of it in the book and, and, and the final, well, actually all the matches, frankly, but, but <laughs> particularly this one and the final uh, just really capture it, as I said, through the lens of a, of a supporter that was there, which is what makes the book so interesting. But I, I, I kind of going to ask you this question because, you know, it's it's a hard one to answer or it's an easy one to answer, I suppose. But, you know, did you have a feeling we might win the cup that year after beating Liverpool? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did too, yeah. as it happens. Yeah, I just yeah, thought I mean, yeah, we're going to win it. Yeah, I, 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 I would again. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, you know. At three two, I suddenly thought, <laughs> Christ, we're going to win this. We could win this. We could, win. and and it's it's the only. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever had that feeling before. You go in ninety four, um, and the replay at Hillsborough, we won three one, which was a brilliant night. And and you could you could say ninety four, you know, because, um, but I didn't ever think we would. Not with the same confidence, no. Not with it. Not with an absolute certainty. You know, '94. You go back to the Luton game where they miss that penalty late. No, I'm sorry, not Luton. Oxford, the Oxford game where they miss that penalty late on when we were two one up, and and so '94 the momentum started to build, and you were thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you never, never, sat, especially when you were United in the final, you didn't have that confidence. Um, but yeah, that that day, that day, you walked out, and there was a feeling in the air. Every the buzz coming out of the ground that day. The, the excitement under the Fulham Road as you're walking out was that we have just seen something special and we're going to win the cup. I really genuinely think we're going to win the cup. No, that's dead right. I, I, that's yeah. definitely how I remember it and and uh, and had the same feeling as well. I mean, remember, Liverpool were top at the time. So yeah, I mean, yeah. And we just destroyed yeah. them. I mean, you know, they lost 4-0 in one half, if you think about it. And as you said, Mark Hughes was an absolute animal that night. He was just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I love this, how you, how you, you finished this. 
Um, you know, I'll just read this bit out because because I'm enjoy I, I I will enjoy it hugely. You, you, you know exactly why. I know what's going. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a laughter that means we know the game is won, that we know the day is done. A 26 minute four goal blitz that is a game changing, season changing, possibly even history changing. To our left, Liverpool fans are now silent, beaten, battered. On the pitch, their centre-half, Mark Wright, is shell-shocked, dazed, confused. The haunted look of a man walking from the wreck of a car crash. Their misery, their trauma, is the ripest cherry on the sweetest icing on the most delicious cake. 2-0 down, 4-2 up, poor old Scouse has fucked it up. This is why we do this. This is why we love this. This is why we're Chelsea. I mean... <laughs> It's just brilliantly put, mate. I couldn't add anything to that. It's just <laughs> thank you. Um, the, the thing is, I mean, you know, yeah, that 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 was one of the easiest chapters to write. It just came. It just was very natural because that memory is still there. You know, that joy, that delight. That's how I felt on the day. You know, and uh, how many years down the line? I'm at 25, 25 years. Um, uh, that's why we're doing this. Um, Twenty-five years down the line. You know that that memory is still as clear as it was on the day which was beautiful yeah. and I would imagine the same for Stockholm and I would imagine the same for the FA Cup I mean the description of it I mean I particularly loved how unbelievably OCD and paranoidly you, you, you're just worrying I mean because we do that's what happens I was the same with my cup ticket this year I kept on making sure I couldn't believe it when I read what you, you'd written because uh, I was doing the same with my cup final ticket, I was putting it somewhere else so I didn't lose it. I was going, <laughs> why do we? Why do we go mad at these moments? Uh, my my other half uh, sort of read that bit and just said, "You sound such a sad man," and she's right. She's right. But yeah, I mean, I mean, ninety seven, and I'm sure it's the same in ninety four. Um, but ninety seven, that ticket was was absolute. You know, million dollar ticket it was gold dust. You know, and just the fear of losing it or. You know, just yeah, and that, and that OCD thing of, of checking it is still where you've put it for safekeeping, and then walking away and thinking, did I drop it when I just checked it? <laughs> and then you're in a vicious circle there that you can't get out of. Um, yeah, but I love those moments too, where where um, you know, there's I mean, it came out recently actually, and something else reminded me of this. They had uh, uh, some great. Uh, they had they had a, a video of uh, Chelsea's and Bayern's penalties in the in the. Mm in the Champions League final in 2012, taken from the Germans' end. And apart yeah, from yeah. whatever the German was saying to Drogba, which I, I found hilarious, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was the moment the ball hits the back of the net, the whole ground goes silent yeah. before our end absolutely erupts. Yeah. And it, it's those beautiful moments that you might miss. And it was yeah. similar, I think, for the, for the cup final in, in, in 97. Mm. I mean, not least because, of course, it owned bloody 40-odd 40, 40 seconds or whatever it was. A lot of people were still sitting in their seats, but I don't. I, I don't think anybody could really believe what had happened. No, yeah, and 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 it. it but it, it, everything about that run, you said earlier. You know, did we know we we're going to win the cup? And I, I was convinced we were. You know, and and I honestly think that when you looked back through the decades, and I say, I, you know, I, I I missed it. Chelsea haven't been in a major final in my lifetime, let alone one. Sorry, apart from '94, until '94, we haven't been in a major final, let alone win one. You know, and I had all those disappointments as a kid growing up. You know, going back to um, the Milk Cup run in 84, 85, you know, the fall at Sheffield Wednesday the, and then getting turned over by uh, Sunderland in the semi-final, you know, and I, I was just heartbroken as a kid at that, you know, and, that, and that's where the trauma started for me in terms of Chelsea winning something, getting that close and, and it not happening. And then we didn't have anything close again until the um, Sunderland, um, sorry, Sunderland, sorry, the Sheffield Wednesday uh, League Cup semi-first in 1991. Again, lower league opposition, should be turning over, should be going to final, lost, you know, again, following season was the trauma, the absolute trauma of Sunderland in the FA Cup, you know, which still makes people put down into a cold sweat to this day, you know, Gordon Armstrong in the 88th minute, whatever it was. And, and it just built, it just built and built and built and built in terms of misery for me, you know, and then, uh, you know, we're, was it Palace, 92, 93, quarterfinal again in the rain and we got done again. And by the time we got to 95, 96, 97, I had convinced myself, I had convinced myself that we were never, ever, ever going to. And then, and then, you know, the final sort of dagger to the heart was the semi-final in 96 against United at Villa Park. Yeah. And, you know, and 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 I, I didn't have the same confidence that year. We had a really bloody tough cup run that year. When you look at it, you know, we had various replays. Newcastle were a brilliant side at the time. We had to go down the replay. 
but we, we sort of were really tough and we got and got to the semi and at semi-final I did think we were going to win the semi and I remember sort of, sort of saying in the book you know I really there wasn't any real reason for that confidence but I could just see us beating like we owed them for 94 if nothing else um and and we and that you know thanks Clay Burley you know that one ended in in in, in utter misery and despair and I can remember you know that year 96 just being so low Genuinely, it's like, how can football do this to me? You know, so, so low. Because I thought with that team, you know, with Hullet and all that lot that were playing at that time, and Petrescu and, and you know, the glorious team, lovely, beautiful players, and Thielen, who made a big difference when he came in. And, you know, it, it was like, how can a team with that much quality still not do it? You know, and I convinced myself in 96, and then in 96, I remember the summer of 96, England obviously lost the um, U96 semis as well. And that was like the final, final nail in the coffin for me. I thought, I am, I am just jinxed. I am never, ever going to see a football team I have any interest in win anything of, of any importance. And, and all that built up to 97, you know, all of that built up to 97. So why, when it comes to the final in 97 and I'm being OCD about my, my ticket, there was, a, there was a serious sick individual here who <laughs> needed Chelsea to win something. <laughs> I don't know what I'd have done if in 97, you know, Boa got relegated. Yeah, I was tempting fate. I say in the book, I didn't actually want Chesterfield in the final. I wanted the final to be something that was was an even, even in it was Chelsea, so you never know what happened, but but effectively a more even match. Um, if Chesterfield had got there that year when they played Burr in the semi, all the focus would have been on them and the fairy tale and blah, 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 blah. And I think even if we'd have won it that year, it wouldn't have been quite the same because we were expect, so expected to win it, you know, playing the team from the third division, whatever they were. Um, but yeah, Burr was great, but we we, we were favourites and they'd been relegated, but they were a decent side. They had, you know, um, Ravinelli and, you know, all their various other Italians and Brazilians of their own. You know, they, they were not unlike us in terms of the players they signed. Um, and they'd only beaten us three or four weeks earlier in the league and, you know, every chance they could turn us over. But it just felt right. I didn't ever really think we were going to lose that day. Yeah. But you did about uh, six months before that because you were so confident, in fact, that Chelsea would not reach the FA Cup final that you glibly said to your lovely girlfriend that you were you would propose to her if Chelsea won the FA Cup final, Jason. We all do things in drinkage. We all do we things in drinkage. do. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? Oh, it clearly wasn't. Well, there we go. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. It, it, was a, it was a throwaway line. It was literally a throwaway line. And, uh, you know, um, but as, as I say in the very first page of the book, you know, there were witnesses and, and it immediately became a thing, you know, and it was, it was very funny. It was very entertaining for, for a while. And, uh, you know, people, you know, the people who were there, the mates who were there told other mates and they told family and, and it became a thing. And as the cup round progressed, you know, it became a bigger thing and it became a bigger thing. And it was something that everybody were mentioning on a regular basis. And uh, so when it came to cup final day, I had a decision to make. Was I going to or was I not going to? But again, I'm not going to score that. No, you're not. No, don't. Because <laughs> I, was, I was about, I was kind of hoping you weren't going to blurt it out. But, and I'm sitting here on my hands, you know, not blurting it out. But what I will, what I will say the, the the I mean talk about uh, making it televisual I mean it's it's perfect for it but the the proposal scene is just unbelievably bizarre and hilarious in equal measure it is just phenomenal <laughs> and very Chelsea too actually I think yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah absolutely absolutely I mean uh, you know as a kind of a, a side note to that I mean talking about sliding doors I mean uh, I didn't I didn't get to the ninety seven final okay. There's a very good reason for that. Um, I, I, like you, was very confident that Chelsea were going to get nowhere near the FA Cup final. <laughs> probably in my lifetime, actually. Um, so I therefore allowed my wife to book a holiday uh, to, I think we went to St. Lucia. Yeah. And I think, I've, this is a story I've told many times. I think I've probably done a CFC UK on it. But basically, I was in St. Lucia for the Cup final. And... There are worse places to be. There are worse places to be. That's very true. But there's no media there, thankfully. And this is kind of mobile phones. You couldn't get the internet on a mobile phone. So you were, you know, providing your mates didn't fuck you over by texting you the result, you were okay. So I basically ignored my phone for the whole week. Media blackout. Did a kind of Bob and Terry on the way home. (laughs) You know, avoided all. Because I literally got home on the Sunday. Right. And but what I'd done beforehand was I'd I'd, I'd taped it on on a VHS recorder yes. because of course that's what we had in those days, and I literally walked through the door 
dumped the bags, sat on the sofa, hit play, watched and then it watched right. it all through. I was just so over the moon. I sat there, rewound it, and Brilliant. watched it all over again. <laughs> Brilliant. It is super. I, my, my version of that was, um, and, it, and, it, and if, I don't know if anyone's ever cried on here, but they might do now, was 2012. Yeah. Um, and I agreed um, a good, uh, I think, well, sort of, sort of group stage-ish um, under AVB um, to do a charity gig with a mate up a, a mountain in, in Morocco. Um, and I said, when is it? And he said, May. And I sort of said, oh, and I don't ever really do anything in May. And then I looked at it and I went, well, it's not cup final weekend. It's sort of, it's just before the Champions League final, but there is absolutely no danger of that this year. Yeah, go on, <laughs> let's go do it. And, um, and and again, you know, when you know something's going to happen, you know, I, I, knew, I knew that was going to happen from Napoli, you know, and, uh, and, and I was getting very, very upset about it. Um, I was back in the UK. I was back in the UK. Um, to, I would have had just enough time to get back to the UK and go to Munich, um, but I but I value my crown jewels too much after being away for a week and spending a lot of money being away for a week to come home, land, and go away and spend a lot more money. Um, <laughs> so I, I miss Munich for, for again for bad planning. Well, and, um, I know. I mean, it's funny how it all pans out. I mean, I miss Moscow because I was working, and uh, I mean, I'm not that bothered about missing Moscow now as no, it happens. Yeah. But you missed we, the right one. Yeah, we we literally started doing the fan cast about. Uh, about three or four weeks before that, we started just before the Liverpool semi-final, mm. and uh, I got a gig. Um, would you believe filming bloody Ricky Tomlinson doing his <laughs> his his comedic? I say loosely comedic stand-up <laughs> show in Runcorn. Okay, oh, and, I, and I'm directing. I mean, it was done really <laughs> properly, so it's like a five-camera shoot. And I'm supposed to be directing these five cameras. And the comms went down after a minute, of course. So thankfully, I'd briefed them properly. And they just got on with it. And I spent the entire time, instead of actually directing this, trying to get one of those handheld Casio, awful black and white portable TV, you know, little kind of handheld things, trying yeah. to get it to work for the entire match. And I, the only, all I got was like kind of white hash for most, <laughs> of the, most of the match. The only two things I saw, you're not going to believe this. Do you know the only two th- times when I got a picture... I imagine Terry was one of them, wasn't it? Ronaldo scoring his goal. Right, yeah. And Terry slipping in the penalty. <laughs> that, that was all I got, took away from Moscow. I, don't, I didn't know what had happened other than that. Shocking, shocking, I, I, shocking. I, I, I was there and I, I, I couldn't recall much of that night. It was a very, very, very long day and a very, very long night. Just ridiculously tense. And I never ever felt quite sensible that night. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. ho. Um, listen, I'm going to wrap this up. But before I do, I want to know from you what your... Uh, and this is a hard one to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Favorite match from uh, the book from the '90s, and favorite player, and favorite moment. Oh my word! I mean, it, it is impossible because I say I said earlier, you know, I'd give you a different answer tomorrow. Um, you know, nine, nine, I mean, '97. You know, the cup final favorite moment, Di Matteo in the cup final. You know, I, I can't. Um, I can't, I can't go beyond that because just, yeah, just such a beautiful, glorious day. Such a feel-good factor in the air that day, anyhow. Sunshine in Wembley, 42 seconds, and just just completely losing it. Not really having any idea what happened for a few seconds and then just losing it. And, you know, yeah, I mean, that, I, whenever I see that, it just, hairs on the back of my neck, just to this day, just ping straight up every single time I see that. Um, Favourite game is is a really tough one because there are so many, you know, and, and in terms of the actual game and the actual kind of, that wasn't that brilliant, wasn't that a surprise, wasn't expecting that. You know, Liverpool, the 4-2 against Liverpool, in some way, depending, depending on what you're measuring it on, I can't answer it, Chich. Liverpool <laughs> against Liverpool in some way, in some way tops the tops the final because it was so unexpected, yeah. two 0 down and then four two. Whereas the final was just brilliant because it finally happened, the floodgates opened, and but we were one up after forty two seconds, and you know, and we never really were in any real danger, and you had ninety minutes to get used to the idea of this was going to happen. Um, so in terms of favourite game, probably Liverpool, but then you've got Bruges, you've got so many others in that decade, six one at Tottenham. You know, you've you've you got you got so many different options in that game, um, that that that, that decade. Um, and what's the final one? Favorite game, favorite moment. Favorite player. Favorite player. See, that's it. I, I put that one off because that is impossible to answer as well. Um, I mean, 
like asking which of my favorite children you know favorite kids you know again <laughs> again today it'll be one of them tomorrow it'll be the other one you know you, you can't answer it in in any confidence um there's there's plenty of different levels you know adored Hullet. i mean absolutely adored Hullet. what a man what a man i just wish we'd have had him a couple of years earlier i suppose and had him for a bit longer um zola is is obviously zola is just beautiful i mean uh, yeah the is is you know if if i found him in bed with really him i'd tuck him in you know it's <laughs> <laughs> and then there's players like there's players like Petrescu, I love, love Dan Petrescu, love Dan Petrescu, and he actually was, I think, all of those of us who've named, you know, these beautiful, beautiful people, these glorious footballers, you know, I sort of think Petrescu and Hughes and perhaps Di Matteo were sort of the most important signings, you know, Petrescu really got that Hoddle team finally ticking, Petrescu one side, feeling on the other, feeling wasn't out for long, but suddenly they came at the same time and they really got that huddle team finally, finally ticking. And that kind of started it. And we started going in the full direction. So, yeah, super down. And um, dude, I, can't, I can't pick one. I'm not going to I'm not going to make it, it, it's just far too cruel. Um, Jason, it, it's been just too much fun. I, I mean, I, I love doing these. It's just so much fun just talking about football and to, not Chelsea in particular people. But. Uh, it's a brilliant book. I really commend you for it. It's an absolutely brilliant piece of work. And uh, I hope you go on to write many, many more uh, and equally as good. Um, you need to tell us where we can get this. I mean, it's a Gate 17 publication, isn't it, Marco? It is. Yeah. So thank you very much. So, yeah, it's on it's on the Gate17.co.uk uh, website. So you can order it via that. And just an opportunity to say thank you to, to Mark. Uh, Mark Wall for, for his support. You know, this, this wouldn't have happened without him. This was a vanity project that I sort of just pitched his way about three or four chapters in and said, I think I've got something that's working here. Do you fancy taking a bit of a punt? And he said, yep, yeah, keep working on it and we'll have a look. And so thank you to him because this, this wouldn't have happened without him and his support. Um, so his website, uh, gate17.co.uk is your first choice. Um, but then I'm becoming ridiculously obsessed by Amazon rankings. So you can also buy it on Amazon and uh, see if you can pump me up that Chelsea list on best-selling Amazon books. It'd be lovely. I thank you. Yeah, and put a good review. If you're getting it on Amazon, always give it five stars and a really good review. Uh, and then it goes right up at the top of the Chelsea books and uh, and other football books too. It's always nice to knock a few of the other club's books off the uh, <laughs> off the top. Uh, and how, how much is it? Uh, it's 1085 1095 yeah. uh, less than £11. Less than £11. Um, I can say that with confidence. Yes. <laughs> less than a round of a beer in the cock, mate. That's yes, uh, very reasonable. Uh, yeah. Jason, brilliant. As I said, a fantastic book. I mean, it's it, it's a great read. I mean, for people out there, go and get it. It's just a brilliant read. You've been hugely fun and entertaining, and it's making me kick myself for not having got you on the fan cast years <laughs> ago to have a bit of a, a banter with. And we'll, we'll try and get you on a show sometime as well. Yeah, I'm sure you'd brilliant. like that, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. Likewise, really, really enjoyed that. And um, thanks ever so much for the, the opportunity to do it. Great fun. Glorious, my, glorious fun. My absolute pleasure. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 